Carol Tunador, I'm here with my dear friend Vicki Abelson, where we will be interviewing her, going over the course of her life, the highs, the lows, the plaid, the stripes mixed together in tandem. We'll find out what was all going on with Vicki Abelson live on Game Changers. How are you guys doing? <laughs> Vicki and I are here. We're letting uh, Facebook do its thing while it vets us and goes through our social security and bank records. Make sure we're up to, up to date. Okay, I'm sorry that I did that to you. It's just Carell. Facebook does this weird thing and I wanted to make sure it wasn't going to do this weird thing to you. Hi, Corel. Hi, I was on a roll. Come on now. How are you doing? You, you did really good with that. Thank you. And I have to say that the HD is really working for you. I know. What is up with that? I didn't even realize this whole time. I love it. It's fantastic. Hi, Jan. Jan's with us. So Corel, you're joining us from Ojai. I am. So You've had a change of life. So actually, we did talk to you from Ojai. Uh-oh, you're right. gone. There you yep. are. You talked to us from Ojai last time. And the last time we talked to you was like two years ago. Mm. And you had just moved to Ojai. Right? I think so, yeah. I don't yeah. remember. I thought it was before that. But yeah, you must be right. Correct. Um, I know it was in the pandemic. And I'm pretty sure you were up in Ojai the last time we talked to you. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Life was brand kind of brand new up there. And, and the whole pandemic thing was kind of new. And it was switching over to life on Zoom as opposed to right. real life. And you had really started in earnest doing, um, now you don't call it vocal coaching. What do you call it? Well, I kind of do. I think I do. I, I kind of, um, there's actually, I've learned some distinctions between singing teacher and vocal coach, like, but who cares? I don't really know. I call it whatever seems the least awkward. Well, no, but what was the thing that you were doing today? You were doing a thing at... at oh, today I was doing a seminar for ear training for this voice teachers group I work with, but that's a whole other thing. We have, there's a bunch of, uh, in the internet age, there's a there's like a, a, a network of voice teachers that I, uh, that I roll with, you know, how tough without it is. We're voice teachers, come on now. Um, <laughs> um, but it's called Vocology in Practice, and it's basically... Uh, continuing education for voice teachers. So we get at each week, we get in a new specialist in a different area for lectures. So we, we it's sort of like a, a peer learning network to keep keep sharp. So I was just nice. presenting them today. So you've been doing a lot of, you've been doing a lot of self growth and a lot of evolving through this um, challenging time that we've been going through. No, you have. Because you you basically were a rock and roller who also taught, but now you've really put the focus on. Yeah, I mean, I honestly like the endorphin rush I get after three or four really good voice sessions with people. It feels like I just did a gig. I really like it. So is that really true? <laughs> yeah, totally. And on some of the tours I've done, and you know the Rob. Thomas ones are different because it's a whole other vibe. But sometimes when you're out on the just slog after slog after slog three months out when you haven't been home, you know, you you can be drinking coffee to go play a gig like, all right, here we go. Let's go play this. All right, let's get excited. Um, but, <laughs> and, then, uh, and you're walking out yeah, in an arena of like 100,000 people and you have to you have to gear up for that. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's all about who you're, who you're, the environment you're in too. So when we play with Rob, it's not like that at all. But um, but no, for voice teaching, I just really like it. It's a really personal connection. You see people bloom. You hopefully do a good job helping them. And it's just, it's really rewarding. I really, really, really enjoy it. Do you think that this teaching thing is really working for you because you have young daughters who 
are having the benefit of being helped by educators as well at this point in their life? How do you, how so do you mean? Um, I mean do you think because you see them being affected mm -hmm. um, and the effect it has on them that, I don't know, I'm just, I'm curious. Good question. I think it's more that because they're young, mm -hmm. I was having my eyes open to ways where I didn't have to travel so much. Yeah. And when I came into this niche, which I didn't really know how much I liked until I sort of fell into doing it and I realized, okay, this is it, this feels right. So it sort of clicked. Um, so having them was what was keeping my eyes open to not just, hey, let's just go around the world again. Why not? <laughs> um, but when you get that old, like, why do you want to leave me for the summer? You're like, oh, oh my, oh, oh no, that literally God. happened. That literally really? Happened. Yeah, about like five years ago or so that happened. And I was like, oh dear Lord. So And what and what what do you answer that question, Corel? I think I've sort of blacked that one out. I don't remember how I stumbled through that one, but you know, oh. you know, it's just what you know what my job is right now. And I'll, you know, blah, blah, blah. We'll talk every day. That whole thing that's really like a knife in the gut to answer. So <laughs> the only thing is the, the advantage to doing it now as opposed to 15 years ago is that thank God there's FaceTime now. So mm -hmm. at least you can stay very connected if you're not yep. home. Right? Absolutely. I mean, I'm here. One of the reasons we moved out of Los Angeles, uh one well, I shouldn't one of the reasons that made it so feasible mm -hmm. was I mean maybe 10% of my clients, whatever you want to call them, were in person anyway. And then whenever we went to Zoom, they were still in LA and I was still in LA, but they were like more than happy not to drive a half hour, 45 minutes to come do it. So it was it was really worked out nicely. Well, that worked out well. So, you know, I we've done this a couple of times and, you know, I don't know if you, if you probably don't know about all this because you're not on Facebook, you're too busy. You have a life, but... Um, Facebook took down um, like years of my shows a I couple remember. years ago. And then I, I got them all back and it was like a big thing. And then, uh, then a few months ago, they took down two years of shows. They took down everything that I had done in COVID. Every oh, one of them were gone. And I just got them back like a week ago. Oh, and I got back, your, yours is one of the ones that I got back. But you know what's interesting? One of the ones that they took down originally that I never got back was the first one we did. And it was a, it was a big one. It had like 5,000 views. It had a shit ton of comments. Now the show still exists. It's on YouTube. It's on SoundCloud. It's on iHeart. Right. It's on a lot of places, but the original Facebook wow. interview with all those comments, cause you had a lot of your friends were on and they, people were like just firing questions and we were live together in the living room. And so I was taking questions because Pete was with us, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, we were taking questions and maybe it was Louise. I don't remember now, but, um, but, and I, I have still to this day, you know, I was talking about it with Snuffy yesterday because there's only three or four that they took down and yours was one of them. And you did original songs. So it wasn't yeah, yeah. because of the music, yeah. but I, do, I, I petitioned it to try to get it back. And I don't know what it was. But um, maybe because it was just too high, too high scoring. <laughs> <laughs> Contrary thank, to their goals. <laughs> you know, thank goodness it does exist in other on other, you know, 
But yeah. it always upsets me when all those comments, because there were literally hundreds and hundreds of comments on that show. That makes me crazy. But anyway, we're here now. Yep. And um, and they're not gonna they're not gonna mess with us this time. <laughs> but what I, I was listening to both shows today and getting, you know, reminding myself of what we talked about. And in the first show, we talked a lot about your professional career and how you you did what you did. And that was like five, six years ago. And the people here today don't know anything about that because some of these people were here for the last show when we talked mostly about you as a vocal coach. And, right. you know, I was listening to it today and it it's really fascinating. I'm doing way too much talking right now. I'm going to let you talk. I'm, I love talking to you. I love listening. <laughs> I love to hear you. But, you know, one of two, I want to talk about the vocal coaching first, because then we're going to get into the career stuff, because what I thought was fascinating, uh, I had asked you last time, if you could teach somebody how to harmonize, mm -hmm. this has been a burning question for me, my whole life, because I don't know how to do it. I've been in plays, I've been, I've, I only know my part, you have to give me my part, and then I can sing my part. And I'm going to want to leave. I'm going to want to lean to the lead. So mm -hmm. you said last time that you have ways that you do it, but you're always looking for the definitive way to teach harmony. Have you, have you come upon it? No. And I've talked to other people about this, you know, more than one time and people can learn to harmonize. Anybody can learn to sing the, the percentage of people that are like clinically, they call it amusa. That would be clinically tone deaf is right. not the same as the people who say they're tone deaf or think they're tone deaf. It's totally different. You know, being when people think they're tone deaf, that's like me not knowing the difference between fuchsia and magenta because I haven't bothered to go in that direction too much, right? So it's about right. tuning your perception in one way, you know, to the to the little bit in a, in a more with a scalpel, um, right? But uh, learning to harmonize specifically, it's tough, but it can be done, and it's not that it's tough. Like, oh wow, you don't know how to do it. It's tough because it requires patience. And not everyone has it. And was like, I want to learn now. And I just put another session and it didn't click. Everything didn't click. And learning to harmonize, everybody has different tendencies to what they're, if they're, if they have a stumbling block towards it or a hurdle, I should say, everyone's hurdles might be in different places. So it takes a little bit of a relationship to find, okay, that's where their hang up was. Some people, as soon as someone else starts singing, they just go where they are. Right. And other people, Maybe we'll just keep on their not track and not be listening to where the other person is. Um, and it's 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 a but bit of a can you teach me? All right. Here's an example. And this is really silly. But every morning, Snuffy and I sing zippity doo dah. It's a thing. We just do it. It's the way we start our day. And he sings the harmony every day. Mm -hmm. Now, I would really like to surprise him one day and be able to now. But I don't even know. I don't hear harmony. I hear the the melody, right? I don't hear in harmony. How do you get yourself to hear the harmony? I think it's a pro you and I need to hang out every week on Zoom. All right, there you go. <laughs> because it is absolutely it's it's just It's teachable uh, how absolutely. to hear the harmony? Yeah, of course, because the more you get involved in any aspect of it deeply, the more you're open to the other aspects of it deeply, I think. So guitar lessons, piano lessons, singing lessons, whatever it is. Um, yeah. And, you know, there's exercises we could do. There's no there's no question what you do. Well, you learn your harmony, by the way, like it was the melody. So you need you to I would start. I would. If, so wait. Yeah. So in other words, you have to learn the harmony. It's not that I can jump into any song and say, OK, there's the harmony. Well, I there, have to learn. That is, the, 
No, not necessarily. That that is what people do when they just harmonize spontaneously, for sure. However, ah. the way to get into it, I would suspect, again, like we said, everyone has different on-ramps to it. I mean, I know people who get the harmony easily, but then as soon as you start singing, they jump to you and forget. So what you what I would recommend is we would pick songs that have set up harmonies, whether it was a Beatles is such an easy one to do, you know, uh-huh. like the chorus on Weekend, Work It Out, you know, life is very short, life is very short, right? There's, um, you know, John Lennon's life is very, da, da, da. Paul McCartney's life is they're doing, they're not improvising that. They could have thrown it together. It didn't take long for them to throw it together, I'll guarantee you. But he has a part. So I would learn harmony parts that do exist already and learn the melody. And now you're hearing something that has a part that you're latched onto while you're hearing the other one. And it's a song you already know. And you're like, oh, that's what I was hearing the whole time. Because you hear harmonies all the time. Therefore, you can relate to them once we find the on-ramp. And eventually you can create one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, okay. but I'm, I'm, just I'm like that. so. How, here's a question: How do people learn in the first place? Right. So that's why, like, when it comes to music, I don't know if, if what the interests of the, your viewers are, but like, it's just we're sort music of, is a big interest of yeah. Of, we're sort of, of traversing that, viewers. but like sure. the reason when it comes to kids and music lessons, I really like right. the Suzuki classical method mm-hmm. because it's in classical music, so you're hearing you know expansive harmony stuff that's you know been proven to be good, quote unquote. Um, but they learn by ear. You listen, 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 listen before you ever play. And nobody learns to speak their native language with a pen and pencil first and paper. Everybody listens for years before they start imitating. Then they start. Wait, wait, give give, give me this again. Give give me this again. A baby doesn't Mm -hmm. come out of the womb speaking. Okay. Granted, they don't have control. They can't do it. But even if they had the control, they wouldn't know the language right away. Right. They spend a good year just listening to everyone around them, right? Well, they spend a year. At a year, they're starting to babble and stuff. Yeah, but then they start imitating. Ah. And then they spend another six, eight months imitating and realizing every time I say this, this happens. Oh, that's what the sound means, right? Okay. So, and it's, it's, a, it's a process of listening, listening, listening to experts doing it. And then they're learning parts, which is imitating, which would be the same thing as learning Paul's line and John's line separately on We Can Work It Out, right? Uh-huh. So uh-huh. if we were to learn parts that exist and you learn those as a melody and you sing them, and if you, I would suggest you learn both parts, you would learn Paul's part and you would learn John's part and you would go between them and you would start to see how they relate. And then we would do slow practices where I sing one and you sing the other. And if you flip, okay, we'll just do it again. And maybe I'll sing one and you sing the other. That's so I would kind of go down that road. And by with acclamation, I'm positive you could learn to do it. I, I love that very much. And so I'm going to take a couple lessons with you, Corel. Although you're telling me that this is like a time-consuming process. So no, 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 no. Even not... though all I really want to do is 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 uh, uh, zippity doo dah. Yeah. It might take it might not... take years. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not promising it's it could be time consuming, but I'm saying that people need patience for whatever it takes because someone might get it in two or three. Oh my gosh, you know, um, it's just who knows, you know how it goes. I'm a slow learner when it comes to th- I'm not I'm not musical at all, but but it is my I would love to surprise him one day and just start singing a harmony. I think that would blow his because I've never done it. But anyway, um, this is wonderful. And so you're also saying though 
I, from what I gather, that you can teach me to sing. That, I mean, okay, so I know that I have basic, I've sang on stage, right? I've, I've, I've had lead roles in plays when I was a young girl. So I could carry it, not well, but I could do it, right? Without making the audience go running for the doors. But you can't, okay, so you can get somebody who thinks they're tone deaf and you can get them to be able to sing a song on Absolutely. key. Can you get somebody to have style and finesse? Can you help them to have style well, and finesse? So here's the thing. Okay. I can only speak from my experience and from what I know of the people I know. And I've kind of made it a point to like hang out with some of the best voice coaches in the world. So like I try to always be learning. Any anecdote I've ever heard from anybody agrees that absolutely it's just it's just about you know, as I told someone, it's uh, it's commensurate to your consistency. <laughs> That's what it is. Are you there and are you present and focused? And if if you do it over and over again, you know, singing for four hours one day and not singing for two weeks might not get you there, but singing for a half hour a day over a couple months might. You know what I'm saying? Um, there is the anecdote, and it's on YouTube somewhere. Ed Sheeran's talking about how his when he was at like maybe did he go to music school or somewhere i don't know if he went to some, somewhere early in his you know learning whatever he was studying his one of his teachers told him flat out yeah maybe you can be a songwriter but you're never going to be a singer you just give it up basically he was told to give it up because he wasn't good enough and he didn't have like what it took but obviously he said screw that i'm just going to chip away and chip away i just heard him tell that yeah. story recently. okay yeah i never heard it firsthand but i've heard people reference it several times mm -hmm. it seems to be true mm -hmm. um but no yeah you can absolutely Absolutely. Well, that's very encouraging. So, and this is something you can do. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about this up top, and then we're gonna get into the career. So, this is something that people out there who might not be singers, but who would like to be able to sing for their own pleasure or whatever, can do. Also, something that if you're in a band and you are not a singer in the band, but you would like to be able to, to be, sing harmony or take a song or whatever you can teach somebody to do this. Hold on, I've got, I mean, I've quite a few clients who are in pro bands touring around. Um, gosh, how much more employable does it make a musician if they can, you know, the singing bass player, the singing guitar player singing good harmonies, it's incredible. I've got several drummers who are clients who, um, and it's like the one, uh, the one said they turned around and the lead singer was like, how come you've never done that before? <laughs> you know, when they, one day they just decided to chime it in, you know, oh, it's, it's such an employable skill. It's, it's great as well as just good for the soul. You know, it's the first instrument, right? I, I guess love that. Percussion. you can make an argument that percussion was first before we developed speech, but we were making noises with our voice. You know, we were melodicizing, you know? Um, yeah. Didn't you have somebody who, um, and I haven't gone back and, and seen it yet, but, didn't you have was were one of your clients on the voice recently singing with Oh she was well, she plays in the band. She was in the in oh. the band for for one of the for the judges. So she's in his solo band. The guy oh. Niall, Niall the judge, she's in his band. Yeah, so they were just on the show. Very cool. And yeah, she's a so client of yours? Yeah, and she's a great person, great musician, but was like, you know what? I need to get you know, I mean, you know, obviously a pro level musician touring the world. She's done many A level gigs. Um I don't um I almost sounds like I'm not trying to like throw names out, but I haven't, you know, whatever, but it doesn't matter. But um, so she's 
played with many A-level pop artists and, you know. You can was, name, you can name a couple, uh, that's all right. Well, I mean, her name's Danielle McGinley. She's amazing. Uh, mm -hmm. Some people don't want, you know, she's super chill, yeah. but some people don't want to be like, oh, I'm yeah, taking yeah, lessons, yeah. you know. But, um, I mean, she's played with, you know, Demi Lovato. She's with Niall Hart. She's a lot of people. Yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, she and she doesn't necessarily technically need me, but she was, as a musician, as a pro, she was like, okay, I'm doing this gig. Hey, let's go to the workshop. Let's let's nail shit down. And so we're just. I love that. Down. First of like, all, everybody. everybody, everybody I don't does. care what yeah. whatever level you're at. We could always use improvement. The best actors mm -hmm. I know still study. I mean, yeah. they can. You know, they're they're making movies. They're making millions of dollars, and they still take classes. Yep, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I do. You know, who doesn't? You know. Yeah. I think and then great. you know, so yeah, absolutely. It's it's a. If you're consistent and if you're approaching it in a way that works for you, you know, once it's not a one size fits all thing, you know, some some voice coaches are more like, let's do it again. Let's feel it. And they're more like therapy sessions. And some are, you know, I'm not like a musical theater guy and I'm not an opera guy. But if it's, you know, like, hey, let's do these drills. Let's treat it like a session in the gym, physical, you know, a physical fitness section. Here's your recording. You do that every day. Now let's get to the songs. Let's nail it down. You know, it's super fun. But uh, we I kind of like to be as focused as I can about it. So you're going to, you're going to coach somebody in the music that they want to sing, I assume. So oh, for yeah. the most part, you're doing pop and rock and stuff mm -hmm. like that. I have a few people where it's, you know, more Broadway stuff, like actors who are doing auditions. Um, and obviously I can do that because a voice is a voice, but, you know, I'll pull up the sheet music for whatever song from Rent or Phantom of the Opera. It's not like I grew up listening to those songs. But obviously, if someone's vowels are not efficient, and if they're not singing in tune on a certain note, okay, let's peg this note, you know, we, we work on the stuff, there's no problem. And I can, I can understand that music very easily. It's just not my favorite stuff to listen to. That's how just how it is. No, um, right. Marsha Harvey is having trouble getting in. I don't know, I can read her comments. I don't know why she isn't getting it, because I can see her. But um, but Tova is asking for your contact info and Tova, I will get you. Um, I will, Karel, you'll tell me what I can give out to people. Oh, so sure. They can contact I have a, you. well, I mean, my website's just my name.com. If you can spell it, good luck. Um, <laughs> and then I think the website that's on there is Tunador Vocal Studio at Gmail. Okay. So there is a, there is a, a Gmail on the website yeah. mm -hmm. and then um, I will put the website in the liner notes and they can see how to spell your name. Cause it's all over this yeah. show. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, yep. there it is. And so yeah, there's a phone number. I have a Google phone number on the website too, because it gets a lot of spam. So if someone calls that number, it will ring through, but I like, that's just how I screen from spams and you know, whatever. So then I just give people my real number once they're, once they're on the, in the program i think it would be great fun you know what i wish we would have done at women who write and maybe the day will come we'll be able to do it again but it would have been great fun to have you teach us all a song and give us harmony i mean is that something oh, wow. is that something that can be done in a session i mean well, first of all there's a lot of singers in that in yeah. that group i mean how many uh we've seen we've seen people do that in concerts left side of the room sing this right side right, of the room. right. Yeah, totally yeah Oh, that would be, that would be fun. Okay, so I so I aspire to having you back and teaching us a song, well, a song that we know and that you can give us. We can we can learn the harmony because. Love it. 
that would be so fun. All right, so so we're gonna give you we're gonna Tober, we're gonna give you the contact info so we can all take singing. I want to I want to take I want to I want to. It's fun. It's truly fun. It's just it's a good hang. It's something I've never done, and I and I had no business ever singing on stage, and and I would like to to do. You know, it's funny. My daughter uh, did it does sing and sang on stage, but she took like a handful of lessons before she was auditioning for college and it changed her voice wow. completely. I believe it. I mean, she started singing from the Kishkas and she got so much power and she learned so much. So I know how beneficial this can be. And you also teach, do you, are you still teaching guitar virtually? And so what I do and mm -hmm. what I kind of tried to find, like, <sighs> like what is our, what is our sort of, I, I, don't, I don't like the marketing words, like what is your niche, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but the truth is yeah. there's things that I could teach but am I really going to get that invested in five or six different things when then I'm spread so thin? So what I really do, and, and also when I was younger, I did teach guitar for a while, like as a predominant thing, like before I moved to California. And it got to be a bit of a drag because the people who stumble into a guitar store are like, I just bought this guitar for $100. Can you play me the Green Day song? It ends up more like babysitting. Sometimes, yeah. not with everybody, yeah. but like after 30 hours a week, you're like, oh my God, right? So what I found is that no one goes to voice sessions by accident. People only choose to be there. Wow. So the energy is always clean. I want to, let's wow. get into it, right? And uh -huh. then, so what I kind of do is if somebody wants to work on their guitar or wants to work on their keyboards or whatever, then they ask me about it, then I'm probably happy to do it because they probably want to really do it. Do you know what I mean? And then what I do with voice clients is quite a few people, I kind of like think of it as like cross-training, just like, just like we said, like every, every band member should be a strong harmony sim singer. The band will be better. Their individual worth will be better, right? They'll be more fun. It feels good. But yeah. I feel that every singer should be at least an intermediate uh, instrumentalist for sure. Keyboard, piano, or guitar, because you know, like I, for example, like one girl who I have, who she's out of high school now, she's, I don't know, maybe 20 years old, but we've been doing stuff for about four years. Mm -hmm. And we spent a good year where we were doing singing, but it was as much piano lessons where we would pick, okay, what's the favorite pop song you want to learn? Okay, we're going to learn it on piano too. And we would sort of do both. And now she's got like 30 songs that she can sit and play by herself and she doesn't have That's to wait. Fantastic. She doesn't have to wait for all these numb nutses at her high school level who, who aren't serious <laughs> to catch up with her. Right. So she's independent. Now. So I really like helping people marry their voice and their instruments so they can be independent very much. I think Samantha would love to study with you. Oh, we should she's do it. Going, she's going to go to law school this summer, but I think uh, she still, she loves to sing. She has a guitar. She has a piano. She's not really playing. Yeah. But mm -hmm. to accompany herself, I think would be fantastic. All right, we're we're gonna we're gonna talk some business after this. Oh boy, I like it. All right. So meanwhile, my things are falling out of my ears. So Corel, I don't know if we should have you sing. Before we have you sing a song, let, let's talk a little bit about your career. And aside from the the teaching part, which is a huge, I'm, I'm boring you now. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm getting out of business. That's a business. <laughs> Oh, that's All right. Business. Okay. Back we're, getting down, we're getting down to, we're getting down to yeah. business. So I know you're from Pittsburgh mm -hmm. and, uh, and 
I know you're a multi-instrumentalist, which, um, by the way, her boyfriend is a multi-instrumentalist. I remember you tell me, yeah, yes. saxophone player, right? Yeah, he, he, primarily saxophone, but keyboards and guitar and, and, and clarinet and all kinds of things like you. He plays all of those things. I don't know that he plays accordion. Maybe he does. I don't I play know. like piano player accordion. I play like singer songwriter accordion, you know? <laughs> play accordion you can yeah, sure. you can do that shit so okay I like i wouldn't hire me for the legit polka jam <laughs> but is there a legit polka no oh, there well, is. i come from pittsburgh <laughs> of course there is there is and phil the <laughs> piano is yeah. the one that they're gonna yeah. hire for the legit polka right. jam. but like so, okay. you know what accordion is good for say you're going to a radio station at eight in the morning yeah who's the guitar accordion got the bass got the pads one person plays guitar one person plays accordion for the choruses coming on the choruses and you have wow. a whole big thing sing harmonies it's great that's good to know all right so that's what you use it for when you're on the road huh? mainly and i've played it in bands and acoustic sets and i bet you played it with bands. katie perry i did on some of the radio shows yeah oh my god yeah I, I don't have my it's not in this room but yeah like if you think about it You know, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, good old Katie. <laughs> Believe it or not. All right. So, all right. So, you've played with some incredible people, and you still do with Rob Thomas. How, you, okay. So, what's the first instrument that you, I, I, I know the answer. I'm going to ask you questions I know the answers to right. because some people don't. Sagittarius. So, so <laughs> Ask Zoe, Sagittarius. And, and I know the answer to that too, because Zoe, <laughs> I spoke to an hour ago. Is, oh, I gotta call her. Yes, you do. And thanks to Zoe, that's mm -hmm. how I know you. And, and I owe her for that big time. Uh, okay, so, and Zoe married you guys, which is crazy all together. Um, do you know that it is now going on 13 plus years and Zoe and I have still never met in the That's real weird. world. We talk every single, every single day and we have still never met in the real world. It's crazy. Okay. So, so what's the first thing that you play and how old are you and why do you start playing? I mean, I was probably five and it was piano lessons because they made me. Because they made you. <laughs> <laughs> but they made it, you know, made all the kids and I, which I agree with, like, I think everyone should, it's a, it's a great skill for all the reasons. You and know, do you make your girls play? We're getting there, but the pandemic has made things challenging. Then now we're up here. So now, and then we had, it was been a crazy transition and I think we're settled. So I think this will be the year where they start. Wait, okay. How old is Greta? She's eight. So she's getting old. Wow. You yeah. let her slide a long time. I know. I know. It's just been so chaotic, you know? It has been chaotic. And she was only five when the pandemic started. So yeah, there's, there's, okay. But I remember the last time we talked, you said there, because there are a ton of instruments around, do they oh, yeah. walk over and. Oh yeah. They're, they're just as home in here and here as I, and there's like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, where did my shit go? <laughs> <laughs> and and not... are they muse? Are they naturally musical? Well, I mean, I think so. Yeah. But I mean, I think a lot of people are, so they're, they're going to, they'll be nurtured as well. But I think a lot of people are naturally musical that may not have been, you know, it's going to be communication, right? just another communication Explain that. what does that mean um i mean music How do you is mean? part of our i mean i don't want to be like sort of pedantic about it but like you know it's part of the fabric of humankind like what would a movie be without music what would like it would be weird right mm -hmm. um so everyone i think is more musical than we give them credit for so when people have studied a bit or played, even if it's not like official study but played a bit mm -hmm. it's like oh they're musical well it's like you could be too you're totally musical all of us you know mm -hmm. so 
my kids absolutely are. Um, and I think they, they, you know, they have, they have a good ear and they're, they enjoy it and they write songs, you know, the whole thing. Um, but, 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 uh, the next, Do you sing with them. Down. Yeah. But it's hard though, because you get about six bars into a song and they're like, Nope, my way. <laughs> <laughs> so when we sing <laughs> together, it becomes more of, I take lessons from them. Um, and then at nighttime, I'll sing to them a lot before bed sometimes. So it's nice my way yep. oh like yeah it. because they know that daddy teaches people how to sing so therefore they they don't want that they don't they don't want you to do yeah of course okay so you've started playing piano you didn't want to do that and i mean i liked it i didn't i wasn't biased against it but it's like every day half hour every day whatever you know um so but i liked it enough that i you know i kept going with it <clears throat> um and when did it start becoming something when did music start becoming something that you embraced it would just naturally happen that way. I think, you know, when I, my older brothers and sister were, you know, three, four, you know, three, four or five years older than me. So, mm -hmm. you know, and they were always into music. So it was, you know, tons of new wave and the whole thing. So um, once I got to be more in high school and I like started playing bass guitar in my little high school rock band and I heard my first Van Halen records and the Jane's Addiction records and, you know, anything. I was like, I would just come home and play bass because it was like piano player was no longer cool. Um, so I would, and guitar was scary to me because the only guitar we had was, it was, my uncle was so precious. He gave us a guitar and he's a piano player. He didn't, well, he wasn't like setting, but by the time you got up, the strings were like that far from the neck. It was like, Ugh! and I was like, what is going on here? And there was no YouTube for me to see. And right. I was listening to Van Halen, so I was like, guitar is something only certain people must be able to do. And I totally got, I didn't get it at all. Um, and then when I went, started doing, you know, school band stuff, I was playing saxophone. And honestly, I just wanted to yeah, play okay, music. So why, why saxophone? Because there was no piano in the school band or bass guitar in the school band. And it was just the next coolest thing that I could find. <laughs> and so, which, you know. Which ends up being kind of your primary instrument well it happened because and my high school teacher by the way clem roland he's on facebook a lot too he was one of the most influential people possible he's such a good teacher just a good influence um but i was like i knew i wanted to go keep going into music and i was like a rock and roll wanted to play rock and roll whatever but i didn't want to play boom boom because the the bands i was there's obviously amazing bass players in the world but that's not who I was exposed to. I was exposed to my peer group and we were playing boom. And I was like, I have melodies. I want to do too. I want to play chords. It wasn't just in my long ago social circle. So right. when it came time to go to college, I just kind of checked. I literally just checked a box for saxophone. because I was like, I guess I'll do that. <laughs> so that's really? what I did. Yeah, honestly. And you know, I was and playing. Where did, where did you go to college? I went to Berkeley. And so I did. Of a lot course of jazz. you did. Well, you know, um, I mean, I went, I did a lot of jazz stuff there, obviously. And that was very good because it was just great to learn. Um, and then after a couple years there, I was basically going to school for school and going to our apartment where my band, we were just gigging all over the place. Like I was in a singer songwriter rock band at that point. And I was like, you know, I'm studying all this, you know, highbrow music that I really like, but what I really like is and I, Tom Petty, Tom Waits, the Beatles, you know, um, and actually a funny story is that, you know, most people grow up listening to the Beatles because their parents make them. My parents didn't listen to the Beatles and my brothers and sisters listened to new wave. 
So I didn't hear my first, I've heard the songs, but I didn't hear my first Beatles record focused all the way through till my second year of music school. That was, is so yeah. crazy. And of course it was even better. It was the last two it was Abbey Road and Let It Be. So I heard them at their most actualized when I already had my own opinions. So, you know, Wait, so you hadn't heard like Rubber Soul and Revolver nope. and all that? I mean, I heard some of the, of course I'd heard Norwegian Wood and of course I've heard Help, the songs, but I never sat and focused on the albums all the way through. So when I finally did, I'm actually kind of happy that's how it worked out. Because when I did, I had really strong opinions about things. Mm. And I was like, damn, they're as good as I thought they were going to be. <laughs> and I was hooked, right? So mm -hmm. at that point, I was like, you know, hey, man, I don't hate the, how much I say the word like. It's just the conversation we're having. I tr actually try to yeah, avoid it. Sorry about that. Okay. But um, so what at that you point, I, you know, I, I, I was, I figured, and I was playing in a band where we were playing all over Boston. Right. Well, so what, I, what were you playing? What were you playing? I was playing saxophone and singing harmonies. And, and what and, kind of music were you playing? Well, it was like a, it was a pop rock band. And yeah. given the time, you have to give it the time, right? Right. I mean, all of the slap bass, you know, yeah, e stuff, spin doctors e type bands were out. If you had a rhythm section kind of like that, but then you had a vocal three part harmonies kind of like Crosby, Stills and Nash on top of it, writing good songs. Wow. So it was a really strong harmony so band. You were doing originals. Yeah, it was originals. Yeah. Wow. And that's whenever the guys in the band who are my friends still, you know, um, you should, you know, maybe I should have a guitar. Yeah, I totally do. We don't like who needs a saxophone solo in every song in a pop rock. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Gosh darn it! Like, I can recognize that. So, so you didn't started, start playing gu guitar. Well, I, until... I was about twenty. I was about twenty. Yeah. Wow. And then you know, so, and then basically, I just approached guitar from the songwriting perspective and started writing and singing more, and that just eventually is where my interests were. So, what was the music that you were were listening to? What, what was the music that you were listening to that you when you were growing up that was that was, was so varied because you. I mean, okay, some classical music and jazz on the Sharon radio. Sharon says you must be very, very young. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I won't tell. You don't tell. Not really. <laughs> not. It's all relative, isn't it? How's that for an answer? He's um, not as young as you think. He is young. Yeah, but he's yeah, not as yeah. young as you think. Yeah. No. Gosh, no. Um, but uh, you know, it was. What would they be into? talking heads or uh devo or whatever it could be but there's some great songwriting tears for example tears for fears the hurting it's a flawless record it's flawless such good songwriting such good production such good parts you know uh, records like that back in the day um and i've never been really good with knowing someone's entire catalog and becoming an ardent student of one art of an artist mm -hmm. but i'll come a record will come my way and that record i'll listen to a thousand times without exaggeration you like know? like can you name one that did well that for example you? the black crows when i was in my 20s i discovered the black they had a record amorica that came out mm -hmm. if you know that one mm -hmm. i've listened to that record easily a thousand times mm -hmm. but when i go back and listen to their other records i'm like that's a great rock band it doesn't do it for me the same that record is crystallized and exceptional for me. I've listened to a lot of Tom Petty records, but I've listened to Wildflowers 10 times more than any of them. Mm -hmm. That sort of thing. I have that sort of thing with with no. different yes, I think I think probably many of us have that mm -hmm. about an artist. Yep. Uh will you play something for us now since we've talking so much about Sure. Good. 
have this thing where some songs just end up being seeming sad like you know i feel you can, like you can sing a sad song well i'll sing it like it, you know why i'll sing it like you know i'll sing it seems it seems sad um and it kind of maybe isn't i don't know but um it's just newer and my wife's always like you always play the old songs play the new songs i'm like okay fine i'll play the new songs okay good maybe it's so, one i haven't heard yet is it one no, I haven't you haven't heard? no you haven't heard it sound okay sounds great so the idea is um when someone's mad at you mm -hmm. like sure that sucks right i, I wouldn't know anything about that <laughs> but it's much worse when someone's disappointed in you oh right yeah oh my gosh i'm really disappointed you're like oh no right mm -hmm. so that's what this song's like about it's called i think it's called drain on me i never really i never found a good title for it but um i think that's what it makes the most sense so whatever but la 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 excuse me i'll be back in 20 minutes after i've properly warmed up thank you <laughs> you understand everybody see you okay i treated you like a son I opened up my home I spread out all my gifts before you and for you You slowly let me down It can't be always overwhelming I think you're making me Mistakes by the way you're holding and folding. You could have been something to see, not another train on me. I get reports that you're falling short. Can't It's hard not to inquire If you really have desire Or have you just been failing upwards Long before you took the fall of you You're exhausted all the time You're dead behind your eyes even now you're glazing over Are you sleeping? Really? You could have been something to see Not another drain on me There's no more life left in your eyes Can't have that following me Oh
song um you know yeah i guess it's a sad song but it's a beautiful song so it tries the line you know you write songs and they come out it's not sad but at least it's kind of it could be with a rock band i'd like to do that with a band sometime um yeah i would love to hear you do that with a band that's lovely that should be on that's going to be on your i'm sure on your next cd or album as we called them back in the day um are you still doing that are you still I am. It's just been slower than I wish. And I know I'm not the only person to say that, but it's also not. It's not an excuse either. All right. So uh, so let's talk about how this happened. So so you're playing in bands and you're playing around Pittsburgh and you're you're doing the college thing. And how do you segue into being a professional musician? I mean, I know you're making money playing gigs with your with your band, but how do you I think the first thing you do is is the first thing you do jada no it was so basically between boston and pittsburgh so creative and pittsburgh is crazy creative place like some amazing songwriters i've one would not think that i would think i have reasons why i think it is okay why enough to be a city but it feels small enough to be a town and it's isolated enough so it's big enough to be a city there's enough people there that are creative Right. Small enough that all the different scenes cross pollinate. So in LA, it's not like all my friends are actors, all my friends are musicians, all my friends are whatever. But, you know, there's our friends raiding the steel mills for parts to build 30 foot metal sculptures. There's the fire eating belly dancers. There's the jazz bands. Like there's the rock bands. There's the singer songwriters. You know, they all, it's all one big scene. So I feel like it really. Wait, wait, how are you saying it's different than L.A.? Explain that again. Well, in L.A., my experience was be would be so work driven that all of my almost, you know, even maybe people I know are actors or this or that. But every creative project to do was with musicians, with musicians like go play a gig, let's do a rehearsal, let's play a gig, let's do a rehearsal. Right. And um, a smaller town that is isolated enough, but is big enough to have lots of artistic people. It's a lot more of cross collaboration. And I know LA has that. It's obviously freaking huge. There's tons of seats. Right. But, and there's a lot of freakazoids there, and that's great. <laughs> but the freakazoids found each other better in Pittsburgh. At least I, I found them better, you know? Interesting. Tony, uh, Tony's asking if you play righty. I don't, you don't. Do no, you? I'm not my, flip, my screen. It's not, I'm not sure what it looks like over there. Is it flipped or? No, she's, it? well, she's asking if you also play righty. She's oh, oh. you're playing lefty. I can't tell because when I look in my screen, it looks like I'm right-handed, but no, I'm playing lefty. Yeah, yeah. No, she she got okay. that. She was just, I guess she was just asking if you, since you play so many instruments, I guess she's also asking if you can play them both directions. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, okay. So, oh, wow. 
so you so I started to ask you so so how did you segue into um from doing these original bands that were doing that you were you know you were they were good they were fun they were good and you were making money and stuff but how did you segue into the big time yeah right exactly I bought a cigar and a bowler hat first thing I did um you know I moved to Los Angeles and okay why why did you move to Los Angeles well it was either there because why my sister's here and I had friends from tell everybody your sister's name Carell Yildin I don't know if everyone likes to be talked about on the line. That's why I don't do. I'm really shy oh, about line stuff. You know. I'm sorry, um, but I just I love the names. Gilded yeah, and Carell. Yeah, 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 your yeah. parents were so creative. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they actually did make up her name. Um, so that's great. Um, so they watched Superman before they needed yeah, you. Exactly. So. Exactly. Um, and I had friends in Boulder, Colorado, and I had a lot of friends from college who were out in L.A. And it was kind of almost a flip of the coin. So I just went to L.A. Um, and I just knew that I wanted to travel a lot and play, you know, music in sort of a bigger venue. Um, and did did you have a primary instrument then? Not really well. Like I feel scattered and split between all of them too much to be even feel like I'm concentrated on any one of them. Um, so no, all the gigs that I found were kind of like the multi-instrumentalist shortstop sort of like, you know, um, so that's but that served you that's been yeah exactly yeah, yeah exactly so so what was the first so you got to la and and what happened um oh i don't know after some months i got referred to a guy now his name i'll say barry everyone anyone in la knows barry squire he's the musician do you know barry i don't you should interview him i bet you he's got some stories and he used to play with the monkeys so he would know your buddies oh he's wow drums with them um barry is kind of Sounds crass to say headhunter. He's not really a headhunter, but he basically artists will go to him and say, and any musician who's listening to this is like, yeah, of course we know that. But um, uh-huh. musician bands go to him or artists go to him and say, hey, I need a drummer and a piano player, or I need a whole band, or I need oh a guitar player, or I need a guitar. So he's got this large rolodex of musicians. So his gig would be, and he was an A and R person for a while, and he works at MI now. He teaches, so he basically knew everybody. So he would say, you know what, I'll do that. I'll set up the audition. I'll call 10 drummers, 10 piano players, and five, 10 bass players. You and the guitar players show up, and I'll send them this music, and I'll book their space. So he would be sort of like the facilitator. Um, uh-huh. So I got referred to him, and he happened to call back and said, you know, I don't – and it's kind of funny. He, was, he said, well, you know, I don't know you yet, and I don't know if you'd be intro- into this, but the band Hanson is looking for somebody. Uh, and so do you want to come down on Saturday and you can just meet them? And I was like, and meet, we can meet me. And I was like, okay, sure. You know, whatever. Now Hanson was already like, they already was, had Imbop and all that. That was, you know, no, they were, they were in their late twenties when I met them. Oh, okay. This was, this was not the kid Hanson's. This was the four records after that Hanson kids. Um, and so I went and their audition was a lot of times it's, you know, here are the four songs, learn the parts. But their audition was, let's just get up on stage. They were all set up and me and uh, bass player Pete Griffin, who were still buddies um, and whoever else auditioned, I don't know. But it was just like, let's jam. I didn't meet him at the audition. I met him after they hired him. It was like, let's just jam for a while, guys. So we're like, okay. So basically they taught us a couple songs by ear, which is always something I've been comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And so we learned a couple songs right then on the spot by ear. 
and we just jammed and I put, you know, let's play guitar, let's play keys, let's whatever. So, and they, and they were really good music. They're really good musicians. Yeah. Aren't yeah, they? They're, yeah they're, they can, they I can, mean, the, the, Mac is a killer drummer. Oh my God. He's good. He's such a good singer too. He's really exceptional. Um, anyway, they hired me. So that's why Barry called me back in the future, I guess, cause I got the first thing I ever went on. Um, and so we went to Oklahoma and we rehearsed every day for a month and then their record label fell apart. So then I never actually toured with them. We just rehearsed for a month and, you know, oh, it's good. it'll be next month. And then next month, it'll be next month. And so we were all waiting, like Pete and I was were waiting. Was that like a huge disappointment to like have this? Well, it was economically disastrous because I was not looking for other gigs because I thought I had one. Right. My first year in LA, which was a difficult year, right? So yeah, no, it was, it was very, a challenge. It was nothing on them. They were doing the best they could. It was like, I don't know, maybe six months later, I was just like, I got to start going on more auditions. So I went on another, and, and six months after that, they finally toured. And so my buddy Pete, who plays with Dwight, Zappa plays Zappa, he plays with Steve Vai, he plays with every, he's a phenomenal bass player. Um, mm -hmm. So he ended up touring with them. Um, but I was already, there was a guy, then that same guy, Barry, I guess, because I had, you know, done okay he called gig, me yeah. for another audition. So there was this Southern artist named Charlie Mars, who is phenomenal. He's such a good songwriter. Um, and they needed a piano player along with the whole band. So I went on an audition and I got hired. So then I went and we did like a hard slog van tour for a year. Just all a, oh, a hard, oh, hard a slog, oh. like, you know, six of us in a van trailer wow. sharing hotel rooms you know loading the gear the whole thing like everything it was it was intense um right. lots of gigs and lots of you know lots of intensity um but he's a great songwriter a great guy um and then when that tour ended i got so basically like barry would at this at that point i was just getting more gigs than i wasn't so he was i guess returning my calls because it was just easy for him maybe um right but and then when that ended that's whenever I called and was like, Hey, Barry, you know, tour's over anything going on. And he was like, well, I don't know if you would be into this. <laughs> it was the same thing as a couple of years ago. He's like, right. but, you know, Jay Pickett Smith has a metal band. And I was like, <laughs> sure. <laughs> and so I went to that audition and it was kind of funny because it was the same thing where you walked into the room and they were all there and they were fiercely pro and intimidating in that not, they were nice, but they were just like, you, they were all badasses. Um, wow. and the immediate thing was tune your guitar down to B flat, a whole track, your guitar strings are like flat. We're like, what? No one told, I would have set up my guitar for, and it to be a baritone ahead of time. Right. And then, then we learned by ear, all these math rock metal songs. We learned like three songs by ear in the rehearsal. And again, that and was, wait, had you played metal? Like, did you have, no. oh my God, no. I'm not a metal player. So I'm no. still not a shredder, but I can learn an intricate riff sure. and remember it. And, you know, I can play articulately enough to, that I did the gig. Um, right. And then there was the piano parts too, and they, they just taught it all by ear and I learned it by ear right then. So I was like, okay, I got the gig and we went and did OzFest. So it was like complete, it's always been 180s. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. And then when that ended. Did you, so what was that experience like for you? Because that I would, OzFest, that's, that's. Oh yeah, that's I'm big, not a metal a big, kid. That's a big difference from a slogging van tour. With right? Southern Rock. And it was like a Southern Rock songwriter. He was, you know, Mississippi guy. Right. So <laughs> um, he was kind of like, if he's a great song, great record too, by the way, if you ever check him out. But at that, this first record he was on, it was kind of like if Coldplay and Willie Nelson had a baby, it was like, it was really good. It was really good. 
Um, but then, yeah, no, I'm not a metal player at all. And um, what was it like playing? Oscar? Well, and I was, the, I, was the I was the little, I was like the one little white kid in the band, and they're all like, "Come on, dude." And I was like, all right, let's go. Um, it was intense. It was it was enjoyable, but intense for sure. Mm-hmm. And then that ended and the guy who so managed- wait, so wait, what's it like when you play uh, you do your first festival? You're a musician, you've been a musician for a number of years. Now you're and you've done this van tour slogging, and now you're like, woof. Mm-hmm. I mean, does it register? Okay, this is what I, okay, this, now this. Yeah, this I mean, what... I mean, I liked all of it, but I mean, yeah, that was the first tour bus experience I was on. That was finally the first, you know, consistent five shows a week. And of course, because, you know, Jada was behind this one. It was like, okay, we had hotels, a lot of the bands, a lot of the bands on those tours. I have never done Warped Tour, but, you know, that's some hard living for those summers for some for some bands so right. luckily we had it a bit more plush than uh than a lot of bands did but uh oh well just the breaks right, <laughs> yeah, right. at this point <laughs> right but it was it was fun it was fun and so you did that for how long just for a, summer? a year it was a year for a year you know oh. we rehearsed we rehearsed every day and jada would be there maybe two days a week and we would rehearse the music every day and we would do a few gigs here, play the Key Club, go down to the House of Blues Anaheim. But then we did the Ozfest. That was a big summer tour. Then there was a few gigs here and there, and then it was over. And that was fine. And what was uh, what was Jada like to work with? She's awesome. She was intense. Really? Yeah, she's super. She's in, she's she's intense, but like, you know, um, you know, especially now with the, the last year or so, like. All right, I want to ask like, your opinion about what happened. I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I've met Will a handful of times. He'd been. He would be around. He would be on tour with us. You know, he'd be right. there. He's intense. Like he's like a big energy. And I'm not qualified to speak on the last however many years of their private life and what's going on. No, no, no. I'm not but, asking um, about that. I'm just asking about what he did like, on the at the Academy Award. I mean, it's just yeah, so bizarre what he yeah, did. Bizarre. Does that seem out of character or does that seem in yeah, character? I think it's out of character because mm-hmm. those guys, and I mean, as a mindset, they're so pro. Mm-hmm. They're so freaking focused mm-hmm. and like present when you're talking to them, mm-hmm. you know, and Jada is like, She's intense, but I'm not saying she's not a sweetheart and she's mm-hmm. thoughtful and she's soft-spoken and she's, you know, um, she's a lot of good qualities, but you, obviously you're like, she's fierce. You know what I mean? Um, right. And he's the same way. You know, he's like, he's like, yeah. And you're like, oh, wow. It's just, it's just a question. <laughs> that's you know? a lot of energy coming right. at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I think around when he was doing Ali. So that means the guy's freaking jacked. Um, so right. I don't know. I don't have anything to comment about what, they're doing right i believe night of the academy awards but they're so freaking pro in their lives like they are not an accident you know what i mean Mm, yeah so that's what would surprise me is because you know that's a serious whatever it is it's a lack of being pro at the moment for sure sure at the very least you know along with a lot of other things we can say about it (laughs) yeah um okay so from jada and uh so what happens to uh what well that's whenever i haven't done any other gigs with from barry squire since then the guy we talked about Mm -hmm. because and that's like kind of what someone would want to happen if anyone is moving to la at any point um um basically the gig that i'd done two years ago had the same managers at goo goo dolls so that's when they just called me and said hey we're looking for someone who can play keys and guitar and sing and whatever so would you come jam so 
we went and just went to their space and we jammed for a couple of days and they were like, Hey, by the way, we forgot to mention, you want to go, we want to, want to do the gig. I was like, sure, sure. Okay. <laughs> now, had you been a Goo Goo Dolls fan prior to this? Did you know their music? Oh, no, I knew like three songs and I, people say that all the time, but I already told you how I don't really follow bands really well. No, right. I, I knew like, I knew like the two big songs. I knew three songs. Yeah. Of theirs. And even some of the other big hits, that people say are big hits uh, were new were totally new to me but they were good songs so it's good it was cool and so you you learned them really fast or you faked well, no, no, we, you no 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 that was we had that was preparing for an album release so we had we had that was like okay it's whatever it was january but when you went into for them to check you out oh, i think i think in that time they gave us like here's six songs and it's tuesday when it was coming on friday and we'll it was just a normal thing you know. So what for what what is what was prep for you or what is prep for you, Corel? If you're if you're called up to the to the game, what uh, how do you prepare? So you you get a call for the Goo Goo Dolls, six songs. You're a multi instrumentalist. What does that look like? I think it was I think it was just I I'd have, it was a while ago, so I'd have to I don't remember exactly that. Particular what would you do program. now if you got that call now? Oh, I mean, obviously, I would break each song down. I would you know, be extremely thorough, learn all the harmonies, learn it on both guitar and keyboards. And I would probably, you know, yet there's a, nowadays it's even, even more, there's a lot more programming, synth sounds, guitar patches. It's, it can be pretty in depth. Um, get all your tones, right. Get as many sounds right as you can. And, you know, I would, it depending on how much time was given to you, like I would learn many more songs than what they'd asked me. And that way, when you go and you get through all the songs, you're like, okay, that's cool. Let's well, hey, well, let's play this. Let's play that. Let's play that. And that's always that's never a bad thing to do. And so you were brought in as a keyboardist, guitarist. Yeah, saxophone was not part of the deal. Well, it's just because I had I could, so it, we just add, they added it. They added it. it wasn't but, less, but it wasn't, wasn't necessary. Part of your... I think I mean I think they would they have known beforehand. Would the guy from management have known? I don't know because I didn't do it on the gig where they knew me from. Right. But I think I was just very clearly like, hey, I've got, you know, we can do this. And like, okay, let's do it, you know? Um, so I don't, I don't remember, but, um, you know. Just How long did it take you to work till they worked that in to the show? Oh, I think pretty right away. Um, and the guy before did not play guitar, but he did play sax. So there was one place where they already had a sax solo. Uh huh. So it was just, it was just like, hey, I can do that too. We didn't ask for it, but, you know. So how, how. And so that we had, that, that was a proper rehearsal time. We probably had months of programming and rehearsing and you know before there was an actual tour and then it was just like full full on for years and years and years yeah and you were with the dolls for oh wait a minute wait a minute Katy perry came before the dolls didn't she no she was in the middle in the middle okay yeah, so let's talk about down, the dolls still. oh i so, mean we did so, um, go ahead i'm sorry no we just did it was a bunch of touring then there was there was a long break and it was like one of those between album cycles and there was basically nothing going on and they katie's people asked me if i was interested in coming to check it out and i kind of like you know fished around like would this be a good idea or not be a good idea and you like, know were you afraid you might screw it up with the dolls well yeah because i was you i had to be, i was prepared to have to step away to go completely because you never know um but so i went and did her thing and they only like katie handled. as big as the dolls were and are are katie was like forget about it yeah um yeah. and basically they ended up getting a couple different people that maybe had, for whatever reason it didn't work out at the time but could have just kept on with that gig forever um like you know i can't speak to eventualities whatever but um 
So, but there wasn't a, there wasn't like a, a massive like ninety show tour or anything like that. It was just a, a gig a month or a gig every six weeks sort of thing. So, I see. when so I went to her thing, and they, I think they they did audition a few people. I don't know how many, a handful. Um, but then again, you know, I did the thing, and I just over prepared as crazy as I could. You know, how, how did you prepare for that? Um, is this interesting to people, by the way? It, I think okay. I think okay. this is very interesting. Okay, I'm like me, 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 me. I guess you did. No, no, no. Well, this yeah. is the but, um, I know. I know. interview. I know. <laughs> um, but um, uh, basically, like, okay, we knew we knew what the record is, and you know, learn every song. I would basically. I think I was brought in to augment things because the person who was not going to be there anymore played guitar and they did not have anyone. This was earlier on. She didn't have a dedicated keyboard person it, yet. There's still too many guitar parts that had to be there. So I was just like, well, I can do both. Let's just do both. And so, you know, I learned all the songs on keyboard, all the songs on guitar. I learned all the harmonies that weren't being asked for, just learned them. Um, and I would, you know, also like there's so many parts in the records like that. So no one's unless you have someone very hands-on, which could be the case, but even if it's before you met them, you don't know. So right. I would just pick out every single little tiny part and see how I could work it all in, which, you know, the, which is one of the comments I got. It was like, wow, we never heard. No, those, no one's ever played those parts before. So I say, OK, cool. You know, um, wow. a lot of time programming keyboard sounds to try to match the record as, as closely as you can. Right. Uh, you know, trying to figure out what it would be like to sing harmonies with her matching her tone and inflections you know that sort of thing so again we just went in the rehearsal the audition it was an actual audition it wasn't like let's just go jam it was more of like an audition-y vibe but um chill and low-key and it's it's one of those things like okay it's we know we all want we all have we want to get a gig you want to do this if someone's paying for this rehearsal space whatever but really if you can it's not you're not always 100 successful but if you can go into it with the attitude of like it's only going to, if it doesn't work out, there's, it's something else to work out. And, you know, who knows if you don't, you never know who cares. So you can't care. So you just have to like, not. Well, care. you also had the doll, you had the Goo Goo dolls. So. Yeah. But, but at the same time, like, um, I mean that without going too far, that, that the psychology of tours in certain groups are way, it can go up and down. So right. it was, it was, you know, it was, who knows it was it, but but yeah it was still there it wasn't it was still there um and but anyway her thing was um very it was just very chill and just very relaxed and so we just played and it was fun i, I imagine she strikes me as somebody who would be a lot of fun to be up on stage with yeah for sure and yeah. so did she was she playful with you uh i get uh, that yeah yeah she's she's in general playful on uh, it, with everybody like that on stage especially for sure mm -hmm. And so did you take shit from the dolls for doing this? And yeah, um, it, it was, it was uncomfortable. Um, but then by the end, by the time that her, um, thing was winding down, um, they asked me if I wanted to come back and do it. So, so I did, and we did it for another 10 years or so. And so when you first went back to the, the Goo Goo Dolls, was it awkward at the beginning? It was, was long enough ago. I honestly don't remember uh, okay. honestly, a lot of it. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, it was, you know, the singer that I talked to who called me, I was actually in London in the middle of the night. Dude, come on. Seriously, let's go. So I was like, all right. So we, it, it wasn't that awkward uh, to my memory. 
All right. So before we get to the 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 next chapter, the Rob Thomas chapter, why don't, why don't you play something else? Correct? Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, I was going to play something again because it's newer, and it's not wow. it's not sad. <laughs> okay, but it's delicate. Good. But it's but here was my reservations. Why do I always tell reservations? Because I'm a bad interviewee. That's why. <laughs> no, you're not, not to do kids. No, here's, here's what you do. Here's how you get fired. Give disclaimers before you play a song. Give all the disclaimers. No, I, I like it. But what I'm saying is that oh, it's not sad, but it's very delicate, right? Okay. Um, so I was like, is it going to go over Zoom? And should we care? Does it translate? We shouldn't well? care. We should just do it. And have, okay. We should. We should just do it. I like it. So, just so you know, it's intentionally sort of meditative and repetitive on purpose. Okay. Gotcha. I can write a lot of actually if I do a third song, we'll do the one that you liked with all the words. You, you, you're gonna you're gonna do the third song. I will. Okay. Oh you're gonna do the one with all the words? If you want me to. I, I, I love I, I, that song. I've played it lately. I've played it lately. Um yes. so this is the opposite of that. Okay. <laughs> that is a that is a fiction with a thousand words. Okay. And this is um <clears throat> the idea for this one is what would your inner child say to you? talking you know what i mean like okay. looking back at like all of your life's foibles and mistakes you know what would the young inner child of you tell you now to console you that's basically the idea i like that i'll be back in 20 minutes once i've warmed up what's it called <laughs> it's called you belong to me
beautiful. Oh, I, you said that wasn't sad. I don't know. I'm a little melancholy now. Oh, really? It makes me happy. It's like, well, that's you really good. Be okay, little guy. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, kinda, I'm, I'm a mom, so I'm like, uh -huh. oh, little guy. <laughs> that was sweet, Carell. Thanks. Oh, all right. So, um, so you go back to the Goo Goo Dolls and, you, and you're with them for a long time. And so what does that look like for you? You're not always on the road because you start a family. Yeah, get it married. got harder and harder and harder. And then, I don't know. Um, yeah, and that's, I started voice coaching as a way to try to slowly get off and it just kind of every how, how much you by the way tony just wrote i'm a mess that was sweet oh thanks <laughs> i know i see i'm not the only one who thought that was emotional and yeah <laughs> um okay so so how much are you on the how much are you on the road in those days I mean, for two years straight, it'd be about nine months a year for two years. Oh, wow. That's have, a lot. Then you'd have a down year where you might do two gigs a month and each two or three gigs a month. And each gig is three days because you fly, you play, you fly home. So, you know, anywhere from zero to three, four gigs a month for the down year, you know. Uh-huh. So you're still gone. And, and by this time you have little kids. Yeah, I had what we had one at the time. Um, and it, there's a lot of stuff that just got for me heavier and heavier and heavier that we could talk about someday over a glass of s'mores by a campfire. <laughs> but, a glass um, of s'mores. You know? Um, That's but, what um, you have when you're with a sober person, a glass yeah, of exactly, s'mores. Exactly, okay. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it just, it just, really kind of just unraveled into me like just not working not working right you know so so no regrets on um well no i mean it's it's been such a long story honestly and yeah. i don't want to like speak for anyone else um yeah. um but now i don't have no, any i have zero regrets about not being there anymore no for sure but it okay. wasn't like it was there was a lot of different levels of heaviness aligned with it, you know? Um, so, and it definitely was more of a work scene by that point, you know, and, you know, it was, it was, was there a time when there was a real camaraderie with that? Oh, no, the, yeah, oh, no, of course, absolutely. Uh -huh. um, and, you know, you spend 13 years in a bus with people and it, like some of the funniest moments ever, like insane, insane like and you know how when, with with that when things are that insular the sense of humor is just very niche at that point of course you know? everybody so, gets everybody's everything yeah sure. um no it was it was really there was a lot no yeah yeah uh, i mean you're just asking about transitions but no there was a lot of pretty singular experiences along the way as well there's no question you know and so and how did the um rob thomas thing happen well we had done a tour opening for matchbox 20 a couple of years prior so that's when we just all became friends, you know, as far as I, you know, became friends with Rob and <clears throat> the guy, Matt, who I got the guys in the band too, but the guy and their drummer, Stacy, I already knew from back in Boston. So, um, he was like going into that. I didn't know anyone except for their guy who was the me. I knew him a little bit, Matt, Matt Beck. He's a, you know, multi-instrumentalist. He's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. He tours with Matchbox and then Stacy Jones, who's their drummer who's, you know, Miley Cyrus's MD and American Hi-Fi and Letters to Cleo, tons of, tons of 
you know, impressive stuff, phenomenal drummer and guy. Um, mm -hmm. So I knew a couple of the people just a little bit, but basically I just fell in love with that band. They're so, I was not, again, that's another band that just like the Goo Goo Dolls, I only knew a couple songs. Mm -hmm. And back in the 90s, I was more like into the indie rock world. So I never really uh -huh. gave it its due, you uh -huh. know, but holy within hearing them on the pre-production night with within 90 seconds, me and the other guitar player I was playing with, we were just like, holy shit, they're good. Whoa, they're wow. good, you know, mm -hmm. so that was always nice to watch them and just became just liked them. Um, in the next a couple years later, or maybe the year later, Rob does he alternates between Matchbox and his solo band. And we were still touring, but it was, I think we were on a break from touring with the Goose. Mm -hmm. And Rob's, Rob and Matt texted me or something. And the guy, one of the vocalists, they had three vocalists who just sang. Mm -hmm. And the, there was two women and a guy. And he was unfortunately um, having uh, someone in his family was passing, they thought very imminently. And so they called me, they're like, dude, could you be here? Like it was like a Tuesday and they were like, could you be here like Saturday, Sunday, Monday to take over? Cause he's going to have to jet for a little bit. Can you do a week of shows with us? And so wow. I was like, okay. So they sent me a set list. And then later that day they called and they were like, it's just it's so unfortunate. So I won't name his name, but it doesn't matter. It's it's not like a secret, but it's not my, right, right, you right. Know? <clears throat> um, but then they called that later that day. Like, dude, it's not really looking good for his family member. Can you be here tomorrow? <laughs> so I was like, okay. So I stayed up all night and learned like 30 songs in a oh night. Oh my God. And he was most- And you're not only learning them for one instrument, you're- oh Well, no, that this, so this guy was a vocalist primarily. I see. And they're like, well, there's room to do guitar on these songs. So I took an acoustic and electric and I learned parts. And they, you know, he, so he played some guitar. He was mainly a vocalist, but he also was a guitar player. I see. So there was songs he played guitar on and they were like, okay, well, he does the melody part here and he does rhythm on acoustic there. Still a lot of information. Um, right. So I went and I did a week of shows with Rob's solo band quite a few years ago. And so that just made us become me like them even more. And then at whatever point it was like, it was, well, I know when it was, it was 2019 because it was, we, 2020 happened. So when they were, when that person who had stepped away has nothing to do with me, you know, he's a, right. I, he's a super great guy. Um, right. But he decided not to come back to the band to do his own thing. No ill will, nothing. Um, and so they asked me if I wanted to do it. So then Matt, the other guy who does, you know, guitar, keyboards and pedal steel, he was, and he, he's like the musical director of the band and he's the multi-instrumentalist. They were like, well, if, if you come, you can do all the harmonies because you're a strong singer and we could have two multi-instrumentalists. So I, I was going to say, how do you have yeah, two multi-instrumentalists? Because, and then there's a dedicated guitar player, dedicated bass player, ferocious drummer, and then two more vocalists, and then Rob, who plays guitar and keyboards. So it just means we can do anything, you know? Wow. And on a record, on a record nowadays, there's so many parts on a record that it's like, Matt's going to already knows the song on keys. Okay, I'll play acoustic. Okay, Matt's already plays acoustic. Okay, I'll play electric on this. Um, you know, here's some new songs and there's so many keyboard players. Let's both play keyboards and he'll play guitar. So it just makes it anything possible. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And what I really want you to talk about, because I, I know the answer to this is the personal experience for you with this band. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's just great. It's it, the interesting thing because he doesn't tour. And this is not like proven or talked about. This is one of my theories because he doesn't tour that often with his solo thing people only come back because it's where they want to be because no one depends on it for their income. 
you know, for that year you do, sure, we're all working hard, but everyone's musicians, they all musicians do different things. Right. But, but everybody wants to be there. And Rob is a genuinely appreciative person. So every night, no, we're not going to work. That's like the the most not going to work gig I may have ever done in any professional capacity. Wow. There's, and it's not to say that we're not playing well. Everyone is so in the moment. It's really, a, the band feels like an organism more than anything I've done because everybody wow. sincerely wants to be there and is wow. focused on and, and appreciates the moment. So um, one of those cheesy things that in other gigs I've done might be really looked down upon, but Rob is really big on, let's, let's get into, before we go out, let's talk. And I've seen people snicker at stuff like that, but you know what? Everyone's like, how are you doing? Okay, let's connect for a second. How are you doing? How are you doing? And then we all left our families to be here. So while we're here, let's enjoy that what we're doing. We appreciate what we're doing. And then we have fun and play music. And it's ferocious. It's really a good band. That's very Ted Lasso. Do you watch Ted Lasso? I do. It's yes. very, isn't that it Ted is. Lasso? It is. It is. It is. It's, it's very Ted Lasso. I really like that. Mm -hmm. But in a less in a less mustachey silly way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really like that. I really like that. I keep it's so how, how much it sounds sincere. How often do you guys is there a method to the madness? I mean, do you know like approximately how many dates you're gonna do a year or is it completely Oh, know, I think I mean I mean I think well I I think we knew that the summer would be, you know, two and a half months and then right as we were about to start, they're like, ah, we had another three weeks, you know, that sort of thing. And then, oh, then, then we're going to go to Australia in the fall, you know, but um, I think it's relatively organized because anything like that has to be, you know, stuff has to be booked. Monthly. So are you about to go out? Right now? Yeah. No, he's actually, I just start Matchbox 20 just started the tour a couple days ago that they were supposed to do in 2020. Oh. It kept getting delayed. So his thing would probably go out next year, but they, but I, I just texted with him and Matt the other day because they just played the Hollywood Bowl, and I wasn't able to get there unfortunately because we had sick family. <laughs> that was yesterday actually. Um, yeah. Um, so no, he he would probably go out solo. I would imagine next year, but you know who knows what happens. I'm not. I don't. So, uh, it either I, way, I didn't realize you know. he was still doing Matchbox Twenty. Oh yeah, no, no. They they pivot. They all. He sort of. They just. They just sort of. They're fluid. Modulate. They're, they're fluid. band fluid. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Carell, I, you know, selfishly for myself, I've just so enjoyed spending this time with you because I miss you. I haven't seen you I in know. so long. I haven't seen you this whole pandemic. That's just crazy. I know. I know. Last time I saw you was whenever I saw you at my house for like two seconds and we did some. Yeah, which was swapping. like right, yeah. right before the, yep. the whole mm -hmm. thing started. But we'll have to we'll have to write that. We come up to Ojai every once in a while. So we'll, we'll have to know, we'll have to please. make that. We'll have to make that right. Um, OK, so. Before we go, you're gonna you're gonna do one of my favorite songs of yours. Yeah, do you think excited. this is a wise choice? Let's do I, it. I, I I love this song. Okay, so what okay. is this called, Corel? Called the Town of Artichoke. I love the town. Now, I gotta say that, like, for anyone who's like career songwriter, this is the farthest thing from a pop song in the world. <laughs> it's this not. Is, but this is a personal favorite. You're yeah, it's a folk me. song. It's a straight up folk song, and it's more of a saga. And sometimes I wonder how I actually helped birth this thing but uh <laughs> it's fun uh, and the idea Very is and when i now oh hi i feel like i'm here i feel like this is where i am right now like the mountains are all around so the idea is basically romeo and juliet mixed with the grapes of wrath mixed with the hundred years of solitude didn't you do this song up at uh, um yeah i did um, up there the oh, no. With no i don't her... think i did because did i was it? like you did it I... in my living room yes i did 
But what you didn't I think you wanted me to do it that day. And I was like, we just drove here. There's no way I'm going to remember it. I want to just say before we go that um, that Carell drove up to uh, Big Sur to do Women Who Write when Mike Nesmith um, produced it at the Henry Miller Library. And that was a huge, huge thing that you did. And I'm very, very grateful. And that was quite a memory. And we got to have that with um, with Mr. Nesmith, who played for the first time in 17 years that day, which that was, was amazing. amazing. Anyway, okay, so right. here we go with the town of Artichoke. Town of Artichoke. Yeah, so it's uh, it's definitely... Um, it's a hootenanny. It's very verbal. So I, some, I've been told like to play it slower so people can follow along better. But it's also such like a lickety split thing. It's hard for me to do it slow. So if you really want, you can email me. I'll send you the words and you can read along <laughs> at home. Just you know? do your thing. But you know what I should do? I need to uh, have like a little ly lyric video for this or something. That's what I should do. <laughs> but anyway. You know, the words are coming up on the screen actually on Facebook. Are they? Yeah. Well, Our I'll compare them later to see if they're right. Maybe yeah. I'll tag the lyrics. Could you post the lyrics in your chat if I if I send them to you? Uh, I could try. Not, not sure. in the chat right now. I mean later or something because it's yeah, actually yeah. kind of fun. But it's it's a fun story, but it's hard. Might may or may not. You can tell me later if it's okay. if it's easier hard to follow. Let's go. Here we go. In the frontier land where people used to lend a hand And weren't afraid to make a stand for the straight and clear There lay a few old dusty roads of real life Capulets and Joes But in the country things don't explode They boil till they disappear Cause you're a writer, I'm doing this cause you're a writer <laughs> <laughs> The town of Artichoke was a hamlet without hope Its two families had not spoke for a hundred years Rivers Creek ran down from the ragged, jagged hills surrounding It was three days ride from the world outside Provincial pride, just let that be Life ambled right along and dust bled into dawn And this tiny town had gone for some time Without a spark to light the waiting firefight That the watchful eyes and family spies all but knew was overdue Then two sons of a man who quietly held to his clan Took it upon themselves to expand the feud They put a soiled henhouse rag in place of their rival's flag And the totem town hall dragged Those poor dumb kids were beaten down And within an hour The whole town was up in arms And that fragile town flower Was closed up tight at the first alarm well, the barn went up and smoking, countless windows were broken, and the crash of shattered glass was no surprise. All through the night, the men would hunt and fight, and the days were left to get some rest and tend to gashes and black eyes. The doctor and the priest wanted to have a feast. The neutral town crier just cried. Cooler heads convened to analyze this messy scene and mediate before its two licks. Already some young kid almost died. Well, for one week and a half, not a soul was heard to laugh, except for Mayor Wilkins, for, except for old man Wilkins in the saloon. I have been waiting on this for years, he cackled to his beers. These kinfolk judge and hold a grudge when none of them should speak so soon. For what is mine should be ours, as what is yours is good for me. And this is all about power, provincial pride just lets that be. Back up a century or so, you had two families on the go, tearing it up, lickety-split across the plains. 
working was their thrill as they headed for the hills. And as the sun will go down, they gather round and romanticize their aches and pains. After months of parched travel and sleeping on gravel and burying a few loved ones on the way, the mountain's anger broke and not one person spoke as he looked down at the green valley and knew they had arrived home that day. Well, a week-long jamboree combined with digging of latrines Pretty soon this scene was a veritable town And as the water gurgled down from the jagged hills around They set up camps and then street lamps Man, these cats could lay it down And within a year, the whole town was arm in arm With nothing to fear, until a daughter came to harm Well, all the children love the rocky hills above, and after chores were done, they'd go out and get lost. One standing dare had all the kids scared. It was an icy spit of rapids that no sane man would try to cross. But as nobody can hide from a test of pride, the mayor's boy went out and tried to pull himself across, and it's no surprise he lost. But the cobbler's daughter dove on in and got his head up before she died. And within an hour, the whole town was on alarm, and their love would turn sour as kids spread rumors on the farms. Well, they never got her out, and that creek was a spout that filled every mug in this goddamn town. Though accusations flew, and before you knew it, the lines were drawn, and these sick-ass folks began to grind each other down. Well, for months and hours and days and weeks, snow came and left surrounding peaks, and people's cheeks were pale, and they grew old. The only one who mourned was Mayor Wilkins' boy, but he yapped on until they yawned and went with what they'd first been told. And over the years, a thickness came when the fighting died, and over his beers, Tommy Wilkins moaned and cried. Well, Thomas Wilkins lived to be 103. That's right, he was holy and he drew blood. Thus the generations passed away, which brings us to the present day. Tom looked around, he laughed, he frowned, he drew a prayer in the mud. Dear Lord, what must I do to come be with you? My time is long and I have nothing left to give. I am always thinking of my long lost love. Well, my proud sin did her in. Now she's with you and I'm forced to live. And I would have her if you would just take me to. And I couldn't be sadder. I know the only thing to do. Well, Thomas started up the path to his ancient icy bath, and with each step he seemed further away. The steeper the ground, the more time slowed down. What once took three hours now took this man almost two days. Well, Thomas recognized the spot and immediately dropped. An eerie hush came up from the land, and as the water gurgled past, he said the words at last. He tripped on in, hit his chin, and gave the world a finger with his right hand. And in a pain laugh filled the air, and within a moment, it was just like he was never there. Well, in the town of Artichoke, the next sunrise broke and cried open eyes as if from a dream. All the people milled around the center of town, and without a sound, they all went down and took a drink right from that stream. Well, now the town of Artichoke is just a gritty little joke. 
It's one shade from fading away. Should you find yourself passing through, don't drink the local brew. Just took a long look up that hill, get in your car and drive away. And within an hour, it'll seem like it was all a dream. And you think about it later, wonder what the hell it means. What was mine should be ours, as what is yours is good for me. And now that fragile town flower is open wide for all to see. I love that song. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how you keep it all straight, but I love it. And the words did go by. Really? Yeah. Facebook is, I don't know why, but it's closed captioning or something. I don't know. They're all coming up on Facebook. So um, they're a little behind, but, uh, and somebody just put up, uh, Brian put up, it's Bob Dylan's birthday today. Oh, so that's fitting that you should sing a folk song. (laughs) And it's also Wadi Wachtel's birthday today. Amazing. Amazing. And before we go, we should. uh, And my little niece, Charlotte turns one today. How about that? Oh, happy birthday, Charlotte. Yeah. And I, I didn't want to say anything at the top of the show, but do want to acknowledge uh, Tina Turner uh, yeah, before yeah, we yeah. go. And uh, what a... Mm-hmm. I know. Um, but, you know, it's if, if anybody personified life, right? Um, wow. Yep. Um, what, what an amazing woman. And um, we had the same hair for about two decades. So. <laughs> amazing she, she did it better than me but anyway uh Carell, i just adore you so much thank and you. i i'm so grateful that you're in my life and um thank you for always being willing to do this you you were ready to jump in for me like three times in the last oh. month and thank you for always how being else are we gonna hang how else are we gonna hang out <laughs> well we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have to take a trip to ohio because totally. i have to i have to see you in person that's a must love it love it well i hope everybody gets healthy up there thank you yeah same And um, I love you and thank you. And uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Take care. Thank you. Thanks, Carell.